As every day goes by, we snip our bag of milk and chug it down with great delight. Yeah, a bag of milk. It's just so milky. The bag of milk makes a brighter day, so let's start drinking the bag of milk. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Sorry. Steampunk. Uh, around the world in 80 days? Uh, no, no, I was saying steampunk because last episode I couldn't think of the name of like the old timey cosplay thing with the gears and the the retro stuff was steampunk. I thought of it after. Ah, uh, see, I thought you were uh, playing an impromptu wacky Willie's wide world of word association. No, no, but if we were, you'd have won. That was a good one. Yes. Did quite well. Um, thank you for tuning in to episode eight of the Bag of Milk podcast. Uh, my name's Will, and I'm here with Fias. And uh, thanks again for joining us. I'd like to ask you, you know what? If you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe to us on Apple or Anchor. Hey, if you want to give us a review, even better. And also would like to thank our international listeners. Fias, could you say something to our international listeners in different languages? Oui. Uh, la direction de la Tour Eiffel, s'il vous plaît. Okay, uh, okay. Yeah, that was great. Oh, and also, bagofmilkpodcast.com is where you want to visit. Faiz, could you say that in Spanish? Si, a la leche de bag. Uh, gracias. <laughs> okay, it's the same in, in any language, bagofmilkpodcast.com. But um, what we're going to talk about today on episode eight is we're going to have a, a few great new segments that we've really worked hard on. The first one is going to be called Rock Songs with Cowbell, part one. We're going to talk about some of the great songs that have been around for years and some fairly new ones that have the cowbell. We'll give you a little bit of history of the cowbell. Uh, we're also going to have a, a segment that Fies has been working on for probably months, I think. And it's similar to some of his previous ones. This one is Eyeshadow Colors or Johnny Depp Character Names. And then fantastic segment at the end. Top it all off. It's not just a celebrity battle. It's a celebrity battle royal. And that was where the uh, theme song came in uh, with the mashup uh, that Fies did. Fies, tell us a little bit about your inspiration for today's theme song. Well, the inspiration, of course, is the uh, celebrity battle royale, as you put it, our uh, fantasy battle royale that'll pit the singers, the ensemble of the Tears Are Not Enough song by the uh, by Northern Lights, I believe, mm. and We Are the World by USA for Africa. So, yeah, the singers from that 80s charity single will take on each other in this uh this free-for-all musical free-for-all it's epic it is epic you know if it goes as well as it did in rehearsal then well i i'm i'm excited i'm excited for our listeners i'm excited for us let there be blood no no there's well yeah there will be blood but anyways thank you for that that great work that you did with the gordon lightfoot-esque um mashup of the theme song um so let's first start off with what we like to do well, for now we're still doing it some feedback so we've got some feedback to share um i'll go first Fies. i've just got a little bit um our one of our favorite uh feedback uh providers uh vancouver guy as you've taken to calling him 
Uh, he is stopping only at 30 minutes. So if we do go past 30 minutes, he has said that, you know what, that's too long. So he may miss out on some of the, the, you know, the good stuff at the end of the podcast, but again, he just likes 30 minutes. And, um, we had some more feedback from someone else who works in the, uh, the funeral home industry. What do you call that? The funeral home industry. Yes, that's what you call it. Um, he does not like podcasts where it's just two guys laughing at each other for the whole time. So um, probably hasn't liked all seven episodes so far, but maybe this one will be different. So anyways, he does like the standard format of a show. So he, he knows what's happening. You know, he really wants that same thing each week. Well, we might not have it every time, but we'll do our best. Uh, so um, Fias, what feedback do you have? Well, first off, I think that uh, guy who works in the funeral home industry needs to uh, get a life. (laughs) 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 All right. The kind of feedback I got this week, some pretty good feedback. Good, nice feedback, even. Nice, good, nice feedback? Yes. This comes from New York City. Whoa. Which is in New York. The city so nice they named it twice? Correct. And it says... My favorite James Bond is Daniel Craig. I love the randomness of your topics, LOL. Wow. Wow, okay, that's good. That's good. That's, that's not good. bad. That's good, nice feedback for sure. Ain't it? Um, but do you think our topics are random? Um, I, I mean, I don't think they're random to us, but perhaps to others they're random. But that's just how our minds work. Do they actually work? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> and you know what? When we we're talking about New York, New York, the the city so nice they named it twice. Mm-hmm. Oh, I sorry, I was gonna mention something about Sirhan Sirhan, but I won't, so <laughs> <laughs> that's random. <laughs> sing sing. Yeah, that's right. Oh, and is that all the feedback you have? Um, well, we did also get um a piece of feedback from our arch nemesis, oh. Cedric Manchester. And uh, for those not familiar with our arch nemesis, Cedric Manchester, please listen to episode seven. And boy, this guy is a piece of work. However, uh, he did leave us a uh, an Instagram message this week of a different tune. And I think that he may be coming around. So Mr. Cedric Manchester, our arch nemesis, says... On a positive note, there has been a steady improvement in quality. Messieurs Cara and Leslie appear to be taking to heart the concerns which were put forward. It is unlikely that further keyboard damage will be caused by this author's frustration. So I think, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think he's uh, no longer an arch nemesis and maybe possibly a friend of the podcast now. Well, that's good. And we certainly don't want any uh, keyboard damage. I mean, I'm not quite sure if he's talking about our keyboards are damaged and that's how we make this thing or his keyboards damaged, but certainly uh, our insurance doesn't cover that. Certainly not. And we, we are all about raising keyboard awareness. Yes. Yes, exactly. It's, you know, it's one of those causes that people just don't talk enough about. Not enough. No. Did you know that if you want to clean a keyboard, you can put it in a, a dishwasher? I did not know that. Really? Yeah, try it. I'll be back in 10 minutes. If anybody does try that, we're not liable for any keyboard damage. No, 
please send uh, all your feedback to a uh, Sir Cedric Manchester, care of the Bag of Cheese podcast. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, he's associated with them? Oh, I'm sure he is. He sounds very cheesy. Yes. That that would be very good of you to send the feedback to him directly. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on. Actually, before we go to our first segment, I have one question for you, Fies. Um, I was just going over some of the uh, demo tapes from our, our early first uh, episode. And mm. now the, this may not be in the actual episode we aired, but in the first episode when we first recorded it, do you know what was the mm. first butterworm we mentioned? A uh, butterworm, for anybody who doesn't know, is an earworm. That's good. Yeah, it's a song that you want or you don't mind stuck mm. in your head. Yeah. Yes. Um, our first butterworm, was it the German national anthem? Oh, very close, but no. Hmm. Wasn't Deutschland, Deutschland, Uberales, huh? Is that the same song or are you just mentioning only German songs this week? Okay, I don't know. How about, was it a honeymoon suite song? Oh, oh, you're very close. It was Burning a Canadian, in Love. No, it was a Canadian band from your favorite province. Oh, Prince Edward Island? Yeah. Haywire. That's right. It was Dance Desire by Haywire. Oh, good song. And you'll probably have it in your head again. And hey, that's a oh. good thing because it's a butterworm, not an earworm. I don't mind it in my head at all. You certainly do. Mm-hmm. So our first segment this week is about rock songs. Well, it's actually called Rock Songs with Cowbell, part one. And that part one, I is sort of assuming that there's going to be more than one part, but, you know, we'll see what happens. Probably not. Yeah, probably not. May not be another episode. Who knows? We're winging it. So a little history about the cowbell. I mean, there's a lot of songs that use cowbell. It was originally used in many different styles of music, such as salsa, and even way back in... Um, classical music. Now, tuned cowbells, as opposed to the ones that were actually worn by cows, or as the Germans called them, glockenbells, or in the German, Almglocken, um, they're also translated roughly into what would be known as alpine bell. You know, in the Alps, and then there'd some dude would come around and be playing his cowbell, and you'd give him some coins or something. But, um, you know, again, the main reason... Um, that people love the cowbell is it started just kind of appearing in rock music. And of course, everybody is very familiar with the more cowbell uh, catchphrase, which was on uh, Saturday Night Live. So it was a sketch with Christopher Walken, I believe Will Ferrell. But, you know, there's a lot of great songs that use the cowbell. So we're going to talk about them. Now, what I've come up with, uh, I've been studying the cowbell in music for weeks, and uh, I took a very scientific uh look at it and we've come up with the cowbell rating so basically what it is Fies, is you've got 10 points i'm going to rate each song on the cowbell rating from one to ten it could be a zero okay so there is one song now maybe you can guess what do you think one the one song is that is the pinnacle of cowbell songs in rock music I'll be honest, Will, I listened to very little of what you just said there. Um, <laughs> you were going with a whole German thing earlier, so I thought you would listen well, yeah. to me talking well, with Amglocken. Well, that's, yeah, that's why I love the uh, German national anthem so much, because it's just full of cowbell. Mm -hmm. Or Amglocken. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay. What was well, your fa- question again? <laughs> My question was, what song would you say is the pinnacle of cowbell songs in modern Ooh, rock music? Well, I think it's generally accepted that uh, Don't Fear the Reaper by Blue Oyster Cult is mm-hmm. the uh, quintessence of cowbell rock yes, songs. exactly. And that was featured on that comedic sketch on the Saturday Night Live um, in 2000. So, Featuring? Featuring Christopher Walken? Yes. I said that. You really weren't listening. I actually said that two minutes ago. I really, I swear to God, I nodded off. Um, <sighs> Maybe I should yeah. go solo. So on the cowbell rating, I would give that song a 10 because what happens is that cowbell comes in and it just grabs hold of you and it never lets go. So you got that full it's like a bad cop. That's right. Exactly. Or a bad cough. You know, you just don't <laughs> get rid of the cowbell. It's with you for the whole song. And that's that's what this rating is all about. So So every song from here on in will be compared to Blue Oyster Cults, Don't Fear the Reaper. Every song with cowbell, yes. Now hmm, Fias, okay. let me ask you a question. Um, did you um come up with any cowbell songs yourself? Oh yeah. Oh, okay. oh yeah. Do you so, want me to you want me to list them? Well, you, why don't you come up with, give one and then I'll give mine. We'll just kind of go back and forth like ping pong. Okay. Ping pong, ping pong. Ping pong. <laughs> well, I'll tell you this. Um, and this song, you know, I would sing this song in my head, you know, every mm-hmm. day before oh. going to sleep. And this is when you and I were roommates. And the song was Vicious by Lou Reed. And the All lyric, right. Vicious, you hit me with a flower. You do it every hour. Oh, baby, you're so vicious. And this is what I would play in my head before going to sleep. This is back when we were roommates in college. That's why Um, I locked my door. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, Vicious, you know, you know, Lou Reed is one of my all-time favorites. Yes, we saw him together. Remember at the Massey Hall? Oh, that was seriously one of the best concerts. I felt, wow, that that was like a a magical moment for me. Mm -hmm. It was. Did you think about what you would give this on the cowbell rating on Vicious? For me. This gets a 10 on the cowbell rating. Whoa, wow. Yeah. Okay, well, I think the Blue Oyster Cult might have something to say about that, but, you know, um, mm-hmm. it's an objective rating. You can, you know, we can, we can um, you know, put it for appeal and see what happens afterwards, so. Really? Yeah. Okay. No, not really. Okay, is there, so. Is there the uh, cow, Cowbell Commission? Yeah, they also work together with the, um, the uh, Interprovincial Dairy Commission, oddly enough. They yeah. work in the same building. Yes, and the and the Rimshot Confederation, the Wawa Association of Ontario. <laughs> yeah, the Wawa, which is oddly actually in Wawa. But anyways, we digress. Okay, so here's another great song, "Hard Day's Night" by the Beatles. I've you've heard of the Beatles, Ooh. right? Oh yeah. Now it has cowbell in it. It does, but you know what? It's really just some background cowbell. It's not really essential to the song. I mean, if you took the cowbell out of the song, and I mean, who would do that? You would never take the cowbell. You may take the the boy out of the cowbell, but you didn't. No, wait a second. Um, 
I would give it a two out of 10 on the cowbell scale because it's mm-hmm. got the cowbell, but it's, it's not, it's not a big impact on the song. It's been a hard day's night and I've been working like a dog. It's been a hard day's night. I should be sleeping like a love. You know, the Beatles had a lot of cowbell in their songs, and I think a song that had more cowbell in it was mm-hmm. um, uh, Drive My Car, Baby, You Can Drive My Car. Oh. I think there, the cowbell was a little more essential to the song than it was to Hard Day's Night. What do you think about that, Mr. Beatles man? Uh, well, so basically, you just kind of negated my whole uh, review of Hard Day's Night on the cowbell scale. Thanks very much. Maybe you come up with no. your own... No, no, I, I I agree with the with the hard day's night. Oh. I think if you remove the cowbell from mm-hmm. hard day's night, are you listening to me? Yeah. If you remove the cowbell from hard day's night, it doesn't take away from the song. It's not essential. It's more like no. an embellishment to the song. However, exactly. in drive my car, mm-hmm. I think it's a little more essential to that song I than agree. it is the hard day's night. I agree. Now, was that your next song, or do you have another one? No, no. But you no, know, I'm probably thinking that. Maybe that's why Pete Best got fired from the Beatles because, you know, he just, he could only not play enough cowbell. cowbell in the songs. Right. I think Ringo was a big fan of the cowbell because yeah. there's another Beatles song. Um, and I don't know if it's on your list, but there's that You Can't Do That. Um, oh. Yeah. For I whatever think reason, Ring- I think they use cowbell in a lot of their earlier songs. But anyway. I think they just wanted something to keep Ringo busy because really, uh, maybe I'm going on a limb. You know what? He just wasn't. I, people say he's a great drummer. He wasn't. He really wasn't. Yeah, you know, I disagree. I think he was pretty good. Mm. I think people, I mean, a lot of people do say that about Ringo, that he, you know, I mean, he's no Neil Peart, right? But um, but he had his own sort of style and flair, and I think um, a, he was he was like a big influence on a lot of drummers, I think. Well, we'll take this offline, okay? Okay. Well, here's a song, Fias, that I know you're going to agree with me. is a great song. Mm. And it doesn't have a huge amount of cowbell, but it appears at the right time. And that is Hey Ladies by Beastie Boys. Hey ladies! Get funky! Yeah, the cowbell is featured throughout the song at certain times. Uh, you know what? I'm actually going to change my rating. I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10 on the cowbell rating because when that cowbell comes on, you're like, there's no other instrument. Like, you know, you can't throw in the theremin there and have the same impact. I'm sorry. What about the triangle? The, the triangle, triangle, you couldn't throw in no. like any sort of... Calliope? Rain. No, not even. Not even. You know, mm-hmm. xylophone, whatever it is you're looking for, this song uses the cowbell and it uses it right. Anyways, what's your next song? Okay, so I had to pick some Canadian songs here. Mm-hmm. The one that came to mind immediately, of course, was Working for the Weekend by Loverboy. I mean, that's probably the, you know, probably the most famous Canadian song with uh, with Cowbell. Working for the Weekend and Shania Twain's That Don't Impress Me Much. Oh. Um, Both. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you something, Fines? Did you just drop your mic again? <laughs> I did, but that's kind of what a is wrong with you, man. But listen, I have a question for you. Do you, you know, every weekend before we do our episode, we make notes and I share my notes with you. Do you ever look at my notes? Yeah, I look at your notes. Did you look at my notes and see that I actually rated working for the weekend by Loverboy on my notes? Ooh, uh, of course I did. 
Oh, I see. And you still decided to use it anyways. You couldn't come up with your own song. Okay. Sorry. I'm going to have to just talk to HR again about you. But I'll save working for the weekend for you, and I'll pick another Canadian song, okay? <laughs> okay. How about Spinning Wheel by oh. Blood, Sweat, and Tears? What goes up must come down Spinning wheel got to go round Talk That's a great song. What goes up will go down You know, it's, I, I can't sing and do a cowbell at the same mm-hmm, time, but mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll play the clip. And... and what would you give it on the cowbell scale? Hmm. Probably a six. Mm, you know what? Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Yeah. Now, Fias, here's a big song by a big band, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about it. It's called Honky Is Tonk. Is it the Fat Boys? No, it's oh. called Honky Tonk Woman by the Rolling Stones. Oh, yes. It goes full cowbell at the start. It tails off a bit to the midway to the background cowbell, but I mean, it's there for the full cowbell ride. Like when you get in that cowbell Uber, it's taking you all the way home and it's carrying you in across the threshold. You're there. Yeah, you are swimming in some cowbell patties there. It's tucking you in at night and giving you a hot glass of cowbell milk. Seven oh, out of yeah. 10. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. So that's a great song too. Um, any more for you? So um, you didn't get back to working for the weekend. What would you give that out of a ten? Oh, two out of ten on the cowbell scale. I mean, it's really? just a, it's only? just it's only at the start. No, I think and, it's essential. I think it's more essential mm, than a two out of ten. It no, you know, it comes in. It's essential to the start, but I don't think it it needs it after that, and it doesn't get it. So like you know, that, I was always surprised that the weekend didn't do a remake of working for the weekend for the, but you know? it'd be called working for the weekend Cause he doesn't have the E in at the end of the weekend. Okay. Will I got one more Fias, and it's okay. by a band that was known as CCR, which meant it was Credence Clearwater revival. Now this Great song band. is called down on the corner. It's got some massive cowbell, not maybe as much as honky tonk woman, but it's, it's really in the song from the start to the end. If that cowbell was an Uber, it would take you home. It wouldn't necessarily carry you into the house and tuck you in, but it would say, have a good night. You've had a full cowbell ride, even though it's maybe not, you know, as much as honky tonk woman. Right. Does anybody you know there's another there's another CCR song born on the bayou mm. where cowbell, I think, is quite integral to the song, especially right. in the chorus. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You can go cowbell tipping on that one there, buddy. <laughs> you sure can. Do you think anybody understands what we're talking about? I really don't know. If I could rate this segment on the cowbell scale, I'd actually rate it a two point five. Yeah, I give it a four. I'd give you a one because you stole my song. (laughs) 
Okay, now this segment is called Eyeshadow Colors or Johnny Depp Character Names. And I'm going to say, Fias, that this is all you, buddy. And I'm really hoping that our ASMR listeners, which haven't had a treat for a few episodes, are going to dig this one, as the kids say. So when you're ready, you do it. Do that voodoo that you do. Eyeshadow Colors or Johnny Depp Character Names. Spleeny Temptress. You cannot deny me. I am your one and only. Bougie Ichabod. <coughs> Amber Curd. Blushing Barnabas. R. Chubby Scissor Hands. Captain Bathmat. What the hell? That was fantastic. You know, I my ear was just glued, glued to the. Oh wait, sorry, I've got ear, earphones in. Yeah, you should probably put some turpentine on that there. Uh. Oh, yeah. But that was fantastic. I'm going to listen to that later and just crank the volume. Make sure you're taking a nice, warm bath. Or have a nice glass of hot cowbell milk. Cowbell milk. Mm -hmm. For when you want some cowbell in liquid form. It's time, folks. It's time for Celebrity Battle Royal. And this week, we've got a big one. We've got We Are the World by USA for Africa versus Tears Are Not Enough by Northern Lights. Now, what we've done is we split this battle royal into five rounds. Now, Fias, each round could have a winner and a loser. So the first round, tell us a little bit about, about it and who you would pick and why. So round one features... The opening verse of each song and in that opening verse of each song on the tears are not enough side you have gordon lightfoot burton cummings of uh, the guess who ann murray Joni mitchell dan hill neil young brian adams mike reno lead singer of lover boy and liberty silver As every day goes by, how can we close our eyes until we open up our hearts? We can learn to share and show how much we care. Do help it and we come. 
okay? And on the We Are the World side, you've got another powerhouse lineup. You've got Lionel Richie, Stevie Wonder, Paul Simon, Kenny Rogers, James Ingram, Tina Turner, and Billy Joel. There comes a time when we heed a certain call, when the world must come together as one. There are people dying, oh, and it's time to lend a hand to life, the greatest gift of all. We can't go on, pretending day by day that someone, somewhere will soon make a change. We all a part of. God's great big family And the truth You know love is all we need Now, if I'm looking at this from a pugnacious point of view, mm-hmm. I'm thinking that Anne Murray can take out that whole bloody team. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Anne Murray could take out Lionel Richie, Stevie Wonder, Paul Simon, Kenny Rogers, Inger, on all by herself. I mean, okay? she makes dogs cry thousands of miles away when she sings. No question. Hell, Joni Mitchell could probably take them all out, too. Mm-hmm. So it's a no contest. In the opening round, for me, that opening verse, tears are not enough. One, USA for Africa, zero. Right, right. And I agree that, you know, uh, tears are not enough would win that first round, but mine's a little bit different. The reason why I believe it would win, uh, they would win is because Burton Cummings would just scare the crap out of everybody. Most people, I think most people on the USA for Africa side would think that Burton Cummings was escaped convict or perhaps a a biker gang member. And that mustache would just, you know, he would just put them all out and it would be over. So maybe, maybe not looking at the singing quality, but I'm sorry, Burton Cummings scares me. I feel you. But, you know, Mike Reno of that era, you know, the lead singer of Loverboy, Mm. he was also a little, uh, a little, you know, he was like the, yeah, he, he actually, I heard a story that um, he had uh, Harvey's cater the, uh, the session and he was like pounding the, uh, the hamburgers. (laughs) So, you know, that was actually what he used every, before every show, he would just eat seven or eight um, burgers and, and then that would be a great show for him. He was sort of like the Phil Kessel of, uh, of singing. Okay. <laughs> a lot of scary folk on the Canadian side. Yes. Okay. Well, let's go on to round two. Now, in round two is the chorus, the first chorus part. We can raise the distance. Canadian side, as you just heard, the entire ensemble is singing the chorus. Wow. And on the, yeah, and on the We Are the World side, you essentially just have Michael Jackson and Diana Ross. Just you and me. 
So who, again, who are they? Absolutely no contest. The Canadians would absolutely pummel Michael Jackson and Diana Ross. I'm sure. I'm sure they would. And I would also agree just because of the sheer numbers. You know, that's it. You're. I agree with you 100% on that one. Now, if, if Diana Ross had them really long nails, Ooh. you know, then I think maybe, maybe they have a shot. But like you say, the, the, the sheer numbers alone, you know, mm. would probably have uh, the Canadians coming out on top in this one. Yeah, Diana Ross killed a number of people with those nails, usually the entire front row of her concerts, but I don't think mm. she had them on. <laughs> oh, sorry, round three. Go ahead. Round three. So round three is now the second verse of each song. It's up to me and you To make the dream come true It's time to take our message everywhere You just heard we had ronnie hawkins carol baker mm -hmm. Corey hart bruce coburn and getty lee along with the three french singers uh veronique Bellevaux and uh, a couple other people and a couple other dudes and on the usa for africa we are the world side you have dion warwick you have al Jarreau, kenny loggins uh daryl hall uh willie nelson uh, Bruce Springsteen and Steve Perry of Journey. I think uh, when it comes to this one, I think the Americans uh, got it on this one alone. You know, I mean, like you got mm -hmm. Bruce Springsteen and uh, Al Jarreau and, you know, Dion, you don't you want to mess with Dion Warwick. You know, mm -hmm. she'll she'll mess you up real good. And uh, yeah, I, I don't see Getty Lee and Corey Hart being, uh, you know, putting up much of a fight. And so I, I, I'm, I'm thinking here that the uh, the Americans got the Canadians on this one. Yeah. And you know what? At the time. Unfortunately, there was a bit of a division between the French-speaking uh, members of the uh, the song uh, group and the English. I heard that what happened was Corey Hart actually um, wouldn't share his uh, his donuts with them, so they kind of you know just kind of threw in a, just kind of a lackluster effort. They were hoping that there was going to be an all French version of the song, which it never happened because Rene Simard refused to uh, to write it. So, I, well, I would, you know that's true. So, mm -hmm. hey, so now you're saying Corey Hart refused to share his donuts with the three <laughs> French, the French singing uh, members of, of the song. And yes. Rene Simard refused 
to do Tears and I? You know, that is a glaring uh, omission there, Rene Simard. <laughs> Why wasn't he part of this? Ah, I don't know. I don't know. And and Gino Vanelli, was where was Corey he? Because Corey Hart refused to share his donuts with I Rene think so. Simard I as think well? so. Well, also, they didn't understand why Ronnie Hawkins was there because, I mean, he actually was an American, but he had lived in Canada for many years. So they were, true, were true. they really didn't trust him. So, uh, but I, I would agree with you. There was also something else that, you know, this didn't happen, but I just kind of sensed that what would happen is Willie Nelson would be smoking up a lot of weed and then mm-hmm. he would pass it over to Bruce Coburn because Bruce, you know, he was pretty, you know, salt of the earth kind of granola guy. And then everybody would just be like, buzzed but Willie would still win because he's always buzzed so either way that was not something that happened because of course this whole thing didn't happen but I give round three to the USA for Africa yeah okay now round four just heard the bridge of both songs okay so round four is the bridge and Mm. on the canadian side we had numerous singers we had brian adams uh, mike reno again from loverboy alfie zappacosta dal bello we had carol pope from rough trade we had paul hyde from the payolas the 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 salome bay lorraine sagato from parachute club and uh you know that platinum blonde guy and on the We Are the World side, we just had four people. We had Michael Jackson, Huey Lewis, Kim Carnes, and Cindy Lauper. Now, numbers alone, you would think the Canadians would whoop the Americans, but the Americans had Cindy Lauper, and man, she brought this incredible kind of energy and verve to 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 her part of the song. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, I think Cindy Lauper alone could wipe out all these Canadians because of her just incredible energy that she brought. Now, granted, Donnie Gerard did, you know, uh, bring a lot of soul to it. And Donnie Gerard was the lead singer of uh, Skylark. Do you remember that band from the, I think, early 70s, Skylark? Vaguely. They, they sang this song called, oh, it was an amazing song. It's called uh, Wild Flower. Okay. Yeah, and, 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 and wait, the famous where is lyric he? is that let her the famous lyric is let her cry cause she's a lady. And where is let he in this? Dream. Is he hiding under the table? What's going on? No, man, he's just got this soul. He's got this. Yeah, but no, is he is he actually her. on is he actually there singing? Yeah. Oh what do you mean is he actually yeah, he was part of the Canadian crowd, Donnie Gerard. Oh, I didn't even realize that. Wow. That must have been one of those those that I, guys that I didn't know who they were and the two French guys. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, okay. probably. Three French guys. Three French, whatever. Yeah, two, yeah. One, yeah. two. But we got to play that song, that Skylark, Wildflower. Oh, such a good song. Okay. Anyway. Okay. Well, so I, in this one, because mm-hmm. of Cindy Lauper's energy, right. I'm giving it to the Americans as well. 
So, and of course, Kim Carnes had Betty Davis eyes. So, I mean, if you're going to rip out the did. eyes of film actress legend Betty Davis, I you're going to win. I'm sorry. Like she physically yeah. had her eyes in her hand. I know. Yeah. So. <laughs> She's wicked. Wicked. I agree with you. Uh, you know, the USA won this one. Even though Canadians had the numbers. Yep. Even though you're you're right, Cindy Lauper. Boom. So now round five. What happens there? Man, see now we're, we're tied right now. Oh, we're two two, right? So this is coming down to the deciding round. This is round five, which is the second chorus, and the second chorus has Wayne Gretzky's All Star Team. I mean, it, the, all every single hockey player on the team is singing the chorus of this song. And on the We Are the World side, you know, you got the the Jacksons, you got Tito and Marlon and Jermaine there, and man. Come on, it's no contest. I mean, Wayne, I know Wayne Gretzky was more a uh, lover and not so much a fighter, but, mm. uh, you know, okay. you're talking about the entire hockey team taking on the Jacksons? Come yeah. on. No contest. No. Canada and, wins. Excellent. And you know what? I agree. I mean, the Gretzky All-Stars would make quick work of the Jacksons, especially if they were, you know, they came to their ice because – I mean, I don't think Michael was a big skater, but what I picture happening was that um, Mark Messier uh, started yelling, um, you DeBarge brothers suck, and that really pissed Tito <laughs> off. So, you know, Tito was always a little bit upset, and he really hated it when people would call him, um, uh, like, a member of the DeBarge uh, group because they were like, DeBarges were sort of like the discount Jacksons, and he just would get riled up and, and um, you know, really. Uh, one other thing that would happen is little poor Tito. Yeah, I know. Poor is tragic. Little Steven Van Zant would start coming in, try to help out because he was being all tough. You know, he ended up being on the Sopranos mm-hmm. later. But um, then everybody started yelling to uh, Steve Van Zant, "Hey, you ain't gonna play Sun City!" And then he just got pissed off too and left. So it was done. Oh, yeah, Sun City. See that that as far as nineteen eighties charity singles are concerned, mm-hmm. that. You artists united against apartheid that I ain't gonna play Sun City song was by far the best of all those charity singles. Yes. No question. You had uh, such an international stellar group in that one. I mean, you had Africa Bombada, and you had Springsteen. Oh, yeah. I think you had uh, Peter Garrett Grand from Master Midnight Flash. Oil, who was like seven, twelve. Yeah. Now, here's a question before we finish off this segment, Fias. Where mm. was Art Garfunkel? Yeah, where was he? Hmm, interesting. You know what? You, we, you, you saw Paul Simon, yeah. but you didn't see Art Garfunkel. And 
We Are the World also had Dan Aykroyd, and I think Dan Aykroyd was more like a, an infiltrator. He was really yeah. on the Canadian side, but he infiltrated the We Are the World side, and you know, just to ensure that uh, you know, in this uh, future celebrity fantasy battle royale, mm. that the Canadians would win. Plus, plus the two producers, David Foster and Quincy Jones. Right, David Foster actually ran over uh, and struck um, Ben Vereen there, nearly damn well paralyzed the the poor chap. Oh, that's right. And so, you know, David Foster isn't afraid to play these uh, vicious, vicious games, you know? Right, right. Well, you know, in the end, I mean, again, this is a fantasy battle, but I could kind of see this playing out in my head. I think that, you mm -hmm. know, maybe if we eventually get a, a budget, maybe get something going with Netflix, I could see this as an animated uh, sequence and, and, or maybe like claymation or something, but it would be a big hit. Big hit. Big hit. Big hit. All right. Well, we've come to the end of another fabulous, well, what we hope is a fabulous episode, Fias. Um, what I would like to say as usual is thank you to everyone for listening. Please, if you can subscribe to us on Anchor or Apple Podcasts, bagofmilkpodcast.com. Visit us on Facebook, send us a message, airmail, uh, smoke signals, uh, greeting telex. cards, telex, fax, um, uh, punch cards. I don't know what else there is. But, uh, Fais, do you have anything else before we um, finish up? Only, only to say that, Will, I love you. Oh, God. Uh, see, this is why I always locked my door when we were roommates. But I have one thing to say. And you know what I'm going to say, Fais? You're so vicious, you hit me with a flower. Vicious. I have one thing to say. Get vaccinated. Sorry. Punk. She's faced the hardest times you could imagine And many times her eyes fought back the tears